Hello there. Welcome to Greedo Shop First. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And we are back. We have stuff to talk about, obviously. If you're a fan of Star Wars at all, you know that the celebration thing just happened. New Star Wars trailer. Information about the spinoff. Uh, all sorts of crazy Star Wars needs to talk about. So here we are. The Battlefront video game. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get that? You know I may. Probably not, but I may. I've been looking for a reason to buy a new video game system, so maybe that, that and <laughs> Uncharted would be it. Who would you have Nolan North play in a Star Wars video game? In a something? video game? Yeah. I feel like he could do anyone. Uh, I'd rather see him in a Star Wars movie. That would be amazing. Like if would So what if I were to tell you, okay, it's a Boba Fett movie. Mm. He takes off the helmet. It's Nolan North. Uh, then you just have like a million people bitching and moaning. Then he slowly brings Although, I don't a know glass they, of fine scotch to his lips. I don't know if they would as much because he's white. Like if people have like a real hard time with uh, John Boyega being a stormtrooper, but I wonder if they'd complain as much about uh, a white guy being Boba Fett. Well, I would think so considering. <laughs> Was it Tamara Morrison? Was that the guy who played? Yeah. No, Franco I'm just saying like. Every time I see people mention John Boyega and the character Finn online, there's just this like dog whistle, like, I don't know, I just don't like this character. You know, it's, it's like, really? People, I wonder why. It's it's the same rhetoric for, you know, Obama, he just, he doesn't look presidential. Mm. How come it, he seems so out of breath the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the trailer. Jump on into that. Um, so you did not get up. Well, I'd say early, early for us. For most people, 10 o'clock in the morning is not early, but you did not watch that uh, thing, right? I was doing something, and I just happened to take a phone break and check the Twitter. And within 30 seconds, I was just like, son of a bitch, mm-hmm. I'm missing the trailer. I watched the whole uh, like interview, the panel, with mm-hmm. JJ and Kathleen Kennedy and that super awkward guy from Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> I found it pretty awkward and kind of embarrassing, as mm-hmm. I do most uh, kind of expressions of stars fandom in the media so i think the question i asked for you is are they trying to change celebration into like star wars comic-con i don't know i celebration already existed i'm not sure what if any of lucasfilm's like involvement is within it i don't know if it's something like officially run by like lucas or whether or not it's just tangential i have no idea mm-hmm. i mean i w- i would imagine that it's uh, going to be a useful place for them to like preview trailers and other bits of info just because it's their own convention and whatnot, but right. it hasn't always been that way. I mean, is it owned by Lucasfilm? I have no idea. Okay. I suppose I could research that, but I don't really want to. I don't, I'm not into the whole convention thing, personally. Right. I find it all slightly distasteful. How so? It just seems... I don't, I, I've never been into the convention circuit. Like growing up, that was like a Trekkie thing. It was like okay. the Trekkies had the weird conventions. And then at some point, it was like that just became a thing for all fandoms. And I, I feel like it's the same people at all of them, I guess. I've all suspected that. Like the same people who are the brown coats are the same people who are like at the Harry Potter convention, same people at the Lord of the Rings stuff. Like I feel like this is all the same people. They just like being fans and going to conventions. I think it doesn't feel you... entirely genuine to me. If you can get some kind of air of legitimacy to it, I, I'm cool with it. Um, 
when it's like you and I went to something, I don't remember where we were, like WonderCon or something, mm. and there was like a brown coats meeting in a back room, and it was just straight up a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> no offense to Firefly fans, but like this group was like a the bunch brown of coats have always creeped me out more than any of the other fandoms. It's true, and they really were like, like, oh, you've you've walked through the tented doors. You're obviously one of us. There's some fruit juice in the corner or something, and it was very strange and creepy. And I just wanted to get the fuck out of there because, I mean, it was like the worst aspects of nerd prom mm-hmm. ever. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I know it's cool to some people. It's just never been something I've been into, like the whole con, you know, game. I just, I like, I don't want to go to Comic-Con uh, because I don't want to spend, you know, 48 hours waiting in line to see, like, the one thing that I'm having to sacrifice, like, nine other things that mm-hmm. I want to see for. It just that's too many fucking people. Uh, I mean. Well, I think for for other people, it's like these are their people. This is their time to to be around their own kind. I've, I've never really felt that. I guess. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't go there for my own kind. I guess I I would go there for not so much the access because it's not like I, I necessarily feel the need to jump up and ask a question or try to touch somebody famous or anything like that. But like, if there's enough content, enough programming that's interesting, I'm cool with that. As long as I can be comfortable, like I'm not like you know shoulder to shoulder with some sweaty people who you just know that like you're going to get a weird cough the day after this thing or you're going to be sneezing funny mm-hmm. um well i think you and i went to WonderCon a few years and it was like we always were sick afterwards because oh yeah there's just there's gross unwashed people, people yeah. rubbing up on you yeah so WonderCon was packed enough back when it was in san francisco i can't even imagine what comic-con is like it doesn't seem fun to me it seems like stressful like yeah. you have to wait overnight. Like they're in the panel for Star Wars, they're joking about like how many of you waited overnight to get into this, never in yeah, cheers. And it's like, eh, I don't know. I mean, maybe if like you and all your friends are like huge nerds, and you you know it's like a communal experience. Maybe I just don't like people. But um, well, like why can't know. you? You know, like if you can have one of those movie theater or restaurant things where you can, like you said, book your your ticket well in advance oh, with yeah. your guaranteed seat. Why can't you do that for like a convention thing? How hard is that? Because you got to wait overnight. So some dude from Entertainment Weekly, who clearly is not much of a Star Wars fan, can walk out and just do awkward, you know, like, hey, everyone, excited to be here. Like, oh, God. So what was, that guy the, was awful. what was you were saying about him trying to describe his experience of A New Hope? It was telling the uh, like the story everybody has to tell about their, you know, their experience with Star Wars and. At one point, it felt like it was going to veer into like how he got laid, hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I tuned as much of out of it as I could. That's the one thing that all Star Wars fans have in common is that how it got us like just crazy sex. Mm-hmm. You just have to mention that you're a Star Wars fan in a bar, and that guy or girl's going home with you. I guess I don't know. It's like when JJ comes out and he seems uncomfortable. I feel like I kind of empathically pick up on that, and then I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> It's like, remind me to text Ryan Johnson, LOL. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about this trailer. Yeah. We get the slightly new Lucasfilm logo. Mm -hmm. The only logo, no Disney or anything like that. It's more kind of... Didn't change colors, right? It doesn't go brown. It's just sort of like uh, silvery. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't go to like the the sepia. Mm -hmm. And then we get our uh, big, long shot pan across desert dunes busted up x-wing in the foreground is in the background we see like some sort of speeder i'm guessing that is daisy ridley's little like like fudgesicle speeder thing that she rides presumably yeah that's speeding across the background i love the way it pans and pans and 
what seems like another dune at first, like just keeps going and going up until finally you're like, wait a minute, that's a fucking star destroyer, like crash into the ground there. Yeah. Great reveal. It's very slow. I mean, this shot is like, like 15 seconds long. Yeah. Well, I think it's a nice, I, I kind of hope this is the beginning of the movie because I feel like this is a nice. We're very soon. I, I imagine this is in the, the first act for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a nice natural progression from the opening shot of New Hope. Well, you know how like rare it is to get a fifteen second shot in a movie these days. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it has that same sort of feeling as the reveal in New Hope, where like you know the Star Destroyer keeps getting bigger and bigger on screen. Mm-hmm. That's what this felt like from a, in a in a different way, where mm-hmm. it's like that that dune just kept getting higher and higher, and it just keeps going and going. And finally, it's like, oh shit, that's a giant Star Destroyer. Well, you know, based on on. The Star Destroyer, which I presumed was ancient from, you know, the Battle of Jakku, which by this is Jakku, not Tatooine. I uh, I just assumed that the X-Wing was elderly, too, as an ancient relic, too. But I guess I'm reading here that people are, are rumoring that this is Poe Dameron's. This X-Wing? Yeah. No, it it's, isn't. It's no, been it's, there for a while. That, yeah. that, that, that has the old design. It, um, oh, it, yeah, it does. The yeah. Thing. Okay. No, it's definitely an, an old, like, T-65 X-Wing. Hmm. The new one's, by the way, T-70s. I love that you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's definitely an old X-wing. This looks like it's been here for twenty years, probably. I mean, there's yeah. sand covering up, you know, halfway up the Star Destroyer, and this this stuff is old. Um, in the uh, the there's a Star Wars video game called Battlefront where they they release a press release about it and said that there will be a playable level for Jakku, which is this uh, this desert planet, not Tatooine. It's supposed that the... we'll sorry, go ahead. no, 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 go on. I was going to say that we're going to see that it's like some sort of major confrontation between Empire and New Republic forces. Right after Endor. It says after Endor, but it's not clear. Is that like right two after, days later right. or is that a year later? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't we don't know the exact timeline, but it looks like this battle was at least decades ago. Mm-hmm. And now there's just crash ships. And then we move on. Um, we have the, the voice narration start. Um, man, I've probably read about 50 pages worth of debate about this on the <laughs> Forcenet forums. Um, and it was funny because then Mark Hamill just came out and cleared everything up like a day later. This so is dialogue. Dire- all this dialogue is from Return of the Jedi, but he re-recorded it. Hmm. Um, but everything he says here is what he says to Leia in Return of the Jedi when he's telling her about, when Luke's telling Leia about how they're brother and sister. Uh, and he just he re-recorded it. A lot of people are going nuts, like insisting that like maybe this was Kylo Ren or that like who who is like, talking to in this. I don't think he's talking to anyone. I think it's in other Star Wars trailers they've like used the uh, the Alec Guinness, you know, for oh, there are a thousand generations of Jedi, Jedi Knights for pe- Guardians of Peace and Justice. Like they just use that dialogue because it's like it it just fits thematically for Rogue, for Rogue One when they talk about the dark times. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so like I don't by him saying this in the trailer, I don't think it necessarily means he's talking to the new Skywalker. Right. I think it's just like they're using this dialogue that you're familiar with to suggest that there's a a new you know lineage. That's not to say that he couldn't be talking to a new Skywalker. I just kind of doubt they would include the exact same dialogue in the new movie. To me, it, it felt pretty obvious that this was just using previous dialogue. I mean, he recorded it specifically for the trailer, so. Yeah, because they never repeat dialogue in Star Wars movies. Not whole sections of dialogue. It's not like saying <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. 
It's like mm. a whole, you know, paragraph of text. Yeah. But How yeah, the force, is, force runs strong in my family. My father has it. And then we see the shot of Vader's helmet. Um, burned and burned. melted. Burned, melted, kind of misshapen. It's an interesting look. I know there were some like supposed like leaked photos of Vader helmet that came out earlier, which is a different type of burning. Mm. Um, this is more melty. Than the other ones, which were more like like charred, I guess, mm. and like kind of like the wire framing of the helmet was like revealed in places. Like this is a, a different look than whatever that other like piece of concept art was. Well, so like the rumors were for a while that like one of the villains gets their hands on this, possibly puts it on, or something like that. Yeah, one of the rumors is that the that Kylo Ren or, or somebody else is like a like a collector. Like a collector of Sith artifacts or something. Um, I mean, this would would appear to be that at some point somebody went to like Vader's like funeral pyre and just like picked the helmet up and took it with them. Cause, and right. it's on seems to be on some sort of like pedestal or something now. Yeah. What do you think about this? Do you think this is going to have a, a major role in the movie, or just more of just a? You know, part of me is looking for some kind of subtle twist. I know, like, there was the people pushing the rumors that, like, Luke might also be evil in this movie. I don't know. I, Do you I, know, uh, supposedly what that's all from is that in the concept art, before they knew what this new evil character would look like, mm-hmm. they were just drawing him like Luke with, you know, villainous, like, cyborg enhancements. Hmm. Not because it was supposed to be Luke, but just be, they were just, like, using that as a base or something. So apparently that's where all those rumors come from. Mm. It was so just like, like concept the, art, like Dark Empire stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was never intended to be Luke as a villain. Supposedly, it was just. But that's what I they're think, using as a model. I think this is smart, though, because this is, without a doubt, the easiest signifier of like iconology from Star Wars. Is the shape of this helmet? No, sure. Yeah, it's Vader's helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is something that I think is lacking from what I've seen of like Kylo Ren's look. Well, I don't, th- I mean, you're, that's a, a, a tough road to walk there because they either make him not look like Vader and it's like, well, he's no Vader or they do. And it's like, oh, they're just ripping off. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't really know whether or not one way is better than the other, but. But I think Kylo Ren's mask, we might perceive it differently depending on how he fits into the story. Well, I, I never played the Knights of the Old Republic video games, but apparently his mask looks a lot like Darth Rune's mask. Hmm. So people have speculated that perhaps it's the mask that he wears is another relic that he's collected. You mean uh, Darth Rune in your life? Yes. So who knows? I guess we'll have to see. But yeah, so the Force runs strong in my family. My father has it. We get the shot of Vader's mask and then fade out, fade in. I have it. And we get this shot of R2. There's seemingly like a fire like just off screen to the left with all these like sparks flying around. Hmm. Um. A lot of people were like, Mustafar, this does not look like a volcano plant to me. I think there's just like a big fire nearby. Yeah. It looks um, rocky and deserty, if anything. Mm. Um, but then next to R2 is this figure in a black hood but th- who has like a white tunic or something on underneath and a metal hand reach out and put his hand on R2. What do you think about this shot? I think it's a very cool shot. I'm assuming it's Luke. Doesn't it have to be? Yeah. if Because the dialogue here my father has it i have it my sister has it it feels like we're seeing vader luke leia 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is some sort of like incredibly subtle misdirect. I think it's pretty blatant about who we're seeing. Right. Um, what did you think about just the movement of the hand on R2's dome there? Well, to me, so my guess would be, cause I know that the rumor was, and see, I like to point out that we're talking speculation. We're not these assholes. Who well, potential spoilers, I guess, so, you know, beware. True. But we're it, also, some of these rumors could be true. You get a lot of these assholes though, who, who like they see something in the trailer and because of their malformed preconceptions, they're like, this is what the case. Yeah. We're just speculating. Um, but to me, like, since the one rumor was that for the longest time, uh, the search for Luke is a big component of this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're probably going to get Finn and, and Ray. I keep wanting to call her Kira because of the stupid <laughs> sport, the rumors. Yeah. Uh, Finn and Ray probably have come in contact with at least one, if not both, of our main droids. And I feel like this is Luke when he shows up. And it's, this is kind of a, like a nostalgic, like, hello, my old friend. Either that or like a goodbye, my old friend gesture to mm. me. Because I've read more of the spoilers than you, I have a pretty good idea of what this is. I'm not sure if I should share it. Um, but I guess that when I see the the gesture of Luke, because I, I was listening to another podcast where they thought this looked sinister, like like uh, the person with this hand was about to, I don't know, like fry Archie's brains or something like that. Yeah. I don't get that vibe. The, this seems like a, a very friendly emotional gesture. Like you can see the person, they bow their head after they put their their metal arm or metal hand on R2's dome. Like it seems very friendly to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't sense threat at all. In this no, I don't gesture. see any kind of threat to me. It's yeah. It's, it's very nostalgic. That's why I think this is either like a, a hello or a goodbye. And it seems almost like it's kind of as emotional as one can get with mm-hmm. their, their droid friend. Yeah. Especially with the bowing of the head at the end yeah. and the, the white shirt would suggest that this is not like Kylo Ren. Right. You know, it's there's, you know, white and black, obviously, you know, obvious metaphor there. Yeah. But it's I don't, I don't think this is supposed to be Kylo Ren. And the the hand, you'd say, well, it's like Luke's, you know, fake hand, like his skin burned off or something hmm. like his, his fake skin. Hmm. It's a really cool shot, the way that and the camera like dollies in. Well, you um, know, what? 30 years later, he may not want the fake skin on his hand. He might want mm-hmm. to be reminded of his. That's true youthful mistakes because it's it's obviously like and a lot of people are like oh it's not the same droid hand that he had being installed you know at the end of empire it but it's be. like well but i mean like 30 years later i feel like you'd hmm. have some upgrades or something you know but what even I mean? a, even if it wasn't though like we we what we saw was just like a little like door to some technology and then it like closed over and it looked like a normal human hand so if you burned away all the like you know the pr- synthetic skin, maybe that's what it would look like. Well, you know, and so it's funny because we have like the fucking like the, the shitty looking Terminator reboot coming mm-hmm. out, but you know, like Kevin Smith talks and clerks about the independent contractors in the Death Star, but like nobody ever talks about who are the cybernetic like uh, like hand people of the galaxy who are yeah. always in business. <laughs> yeah, especially with the Jedi around, a lot of uh, a lot of limbs needing replacing. Like, and that does look like, like a, it's probably just like a glove too. I don't think that's CG. Right. Like, was there like a Carlisle group that just like uh, <laughs> supplied both sides of the war with like you know cybernetic hands and legs? Jedi and Council had like a backroom deal with the uh, yeah. Like, uh, how I'm trying to remember what the name of the company that ran Bacta was. I, I can't remember now though. I should but know I mean, this. Like the same people who talked to the Republic also talked to like the Trade Federation and they just supplied like wholesale limbs and things. Mm-hmm. I wonder, yeah, I guess back to canon, wouldn't it be? 
Oh, from Typhira. I don't know if that part's... I mean, a lot of this stuff, like, a lot of stuff you'll find on the Wikipedia, it's like, you figure it's canon unless they contradict it. Yeah, that's a good point. Ractus. Um, anyway. Back to very, the substance that they float in? Yeah, yeah. And then Luke floats in a Bacta tank and the Empire Strikes Back. That's yeah, like, yeah. it's magical healing substance. They go into it a lot more, obviously, in the books, but that's okay. all been thrown out. But I feel like Unless they need to change it, back to probably still exists in the canon. Mm. Anyway, this is, uh, to me, again, the same as with the original trailer, you know, the original teaser, everything feels kind of like there's like this emotion layered in, in all the shots here. Mm. Everything feels very dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of zoom in, it's this very kind of like forlorn shot of what we think is Luke putting a hand on R2 there. Things feel very dramatic, very intense. Well, and it plays with nostalgia so well, though, for these movies. Like, uh, I mean, like, you know, like, we're the people who, who, like, some of the last people in the universe who defend the prequels, but it's like just the imagery that they're using to market this movie so far really plays on everything you love Mm -hmm. about Star Wars. Oh, there is a whole, like, uh, faction of, of, like, prequel like uh, truthers or whatever that like they don't like these new movies they think they're like they're like anti-prequels and so like the the prequels first people are like upset right now but whatever uh, so then we we fade in and out and we hear you know my sister has it and we see uh a small hand like like a short person i mean this this seems to be an alien if you really slow-mo it it's like someone with orange skin Mm-hmm. is handing a lightsaber, Luke's Bespin lightsaber, to a woman who takes it. A woman who has like a big ring on one finger. Pretty sure this is supposed to be Leia. You think so? I'm looking at this hand. It looks young. It. I would think this would be Rey. Because it's kind of a tan sleeve. It could be. I don't know. I mean, it's something about the uh, the outfit, I guess. It seems more Leia-ish. It looks like a big like kind of like like robe. Um, yeah, but I mean, everyone wears. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that this is Leia because the di- dialogue says my sister has it, and if we just saw Luke, and we saw Vader, then this should be Leia, right? I'm looking at at this picture here, and yeah, it does look kind of orange in this light, but I would make the argument maybe this is Leia handing a lightsaber to to Rey. No, the other, it's definitely one of these is an alien. The one handing the lightsaber has like an orange hand. Yeah, it looks orange, but I could just be the lighting. It doesn't look like a, like an inhuman hand. No, if if you slow mo, you can see the face. That's definitely not Leia. Okay. Yeah, but it's, I feel like this is probably Ray. I don't know. All right. Well, we we shall see. But yeah, my sister has it. Um, that's Luke's Bespin lightsaber. Mm-hmm. There've been a lot of rumors about that lightsaber. It's interesting that the the artifacts that are. Mm-hmm. Coming from the, the the original trilogy here. Oh, and I know there's a lot of debate over whether or not when Luke got his hand cut off, did the lightsaber fall all was the it? way out to the gas giant, or would it seemingly be stuck at the bottom of like a wind tunnel in in Cloud City somewhere? Like a janitor found it. Yeah. The fuck is this thing? Is this a flashlight? A... And he holds it to his face and then turns it on. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit when Luke. Uh, he falls out of like the little you know wind chamber thing onto like the weather vanes, mm-hmm. and something falls out past him. And a lot of people thought, oh, that was his lightsaber in his hand. Um, but it, that's almost know, too gruesome to me. It's blurry; you, can, you can't tell what it is. I I I I got the impression that the hand of the lightsaber fell, you know, all the way down, whereas Luke kind of took that side mm-hmm. okay. step thing. Yeah, that he went into like a I side got. shoot. 
Yeah. Um, Seemingly, it's like stuck in like a like an air filter somewhere, probably, right? <laughs> All other human waste, yeah. Um, but the, the, again, the rumor was that the, the opening of the movie after the crawl mm-hmm. would just be this lightsaber floating through space, right? With Luke's hand attached to it, yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be preserved through the vacuum of space. See, I don't, I, the Luke's hand thing, I just, I don't see. I mean, if we presume, especially because it would have been falling into like a gas giant below it, um, I think you could assume that maybe at some point either the Empire or like Cloud City Maintenance like found this. Mm-hmm. I know in the uh, in the EU, which is no longer canon, of course, like it's like the Empire did find it and the Emperor held on to it, which is how they make a clone of Luke later. Mm. Uh, but somehow or other, Luke's lightsaber survived and is back suddenly being handed to someone. Mm. And then the uh, screen goes black and we hear Luke say, you have that power too. But then no no shot of who he's talking about there. Instead, it just goes to this Christmas, like the Force theme swells. I know you were conversing with some people on the Twitter about uh, uh, the number of Force users. I don't really care if uh, Poe Dameron or Finn are Force users, but I think I especially want Rey to be the Force user. I feel like it just seems incredibly obvious, at least to me, that Rey is the either a skywalker directly or like you know leia's daughter like one of those two she's either a solar or skywalker i feel like that has to be the case luke's bastard child mm-hmm. he's like look after endor, my daughter ray sand <laughs> after endor there were a lot of bars a lot of yeah. taverns a lot of nights i don't remember my own dark times if you will <laughs> i don't pay for drinks anymore and i sure as hell don't pay for pussy smell my finger no, the robot one. Yeah. Oh, smells like lubricant. <laughs> What's amazing is that uh, at this point, we're a minute into a minute and 51 second long trailer. So we're, we're halfway through, over halfway through already. And we've seen like four shots. <laughs> it's taken us 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of debate over just this section of the trailer. Who's Who is Luke talking about? Is he... Does this confirm that there's a new Skywalker, you know, descendant or is he is the reason he says my family and not our family? Does that mean he's talking to somebody else who's mm-hmm. outside of his family? Hmm. Really, we need to speed it up because we need to get back to debating about the cross guard. Oh, yeah. So this Christmas and then uh, just, you know, one of those cool kick ass shots of like a bunch of X wings, like looks like a whole squadron of them zooming over like a river or lake kicking up water mm-hmm. it's kind of like in that one shot from the first teaser but it's it's obviously like it's fully daylight now mm-hmm. um the it looks like a like a just a slightly warmer climate here it's more mm-hmm. green as the other one looks kind of like i don't know like a boreal oh i'd say this could very well be the same scene I feel like it's like later in the day or something, though, or maybe they've no, just traveled such a distance that the, way their water the sun is up, up. I feel like this could be the very next shot after the. No, no, go look at the other season. shot. The other shot, it's like sunrise, and there's like this like golden glow, and there's like mountains and snow in the background. Like yeah, this, this, this is. This it is might be the maybe. same planet, but it feels like this is later in the day or in a different location or something. Hmm. This is the classic, like, like. Like fighter pilots, like like feeling their oats shot. Yeah, and then we get a excited. shot of uh, Oscar Isaac here giving a like a whoop. 
a war whoop as he pilots in his X-wing. Um, so they he was at the uh, the awkward panel. They asked him about his character. They said, "Who are you?" And he said, "I'm the best pirate pilot, fighter pilot in the galaxy." That was how he described himself. So, nice. he's definitely the, like the cocky one. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just you know whooping it up. Really dig the look of the helmet and everything. It's it's so old school and yet new at the same time. Nice and scuffed up. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder if there's like a reason that they have to fly so low. Are they like flying under radar or like under a shield? You know, maybe. Or maybe they just do this kind of shit. Yeah, maybe they're just hot dogging it. Yeah. I mean, if he's the best fighter pal in the galaxy, he's probably a a little bit of a maverick there. He has a few tricks. Yeah. Asking if the pattern is full. Um, (laughs) And then we get a cut of cut to Kylo Ren. We can kind of see his face, but not totally. And he's swinging his big, you know, lightsaber broadsword down right at the camera. Uh, if you slow mo, you can see there's like a stormtrooper and like a little teepee hut behind him. Um, interesting shot. It's like attacking whoever's. It's like he's attacking the camera itself, you know. The lighting was like like fire. And yeah, stuff there's like of? a like a fire in the background. This could very well be like very similar to that shot of R two we just talked about. It could be. Yeah, Words. it could be the same location. It could not be. Yeah, I mean, it could be just a lot of like like you know hanging out by fires. I, I, again. I, if if it's not Tatooine, I don't think this is Mustafa. No, I mean Jakku maybe. Could be Jakku um, at night, yeah. The way he slashes too, he has this like the, this broadsword like held way up high, and there's like slashing down, very savage cut. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's brutal. I mean, do you think the person on the receiving in here gets their head cut off? Because that's kind of what that's a kind of like sideways slash that it is, you know. Uh, not even just their heads, like their body cut in half. Yeah, really. Like the top half of their torso. Um, the way his mask is shaped, it's almost like like he has no nose. Well, I wonder, is the mask functional? Like, does he have like breathing problems too? Or is it purely like just badass in- intimidation and like, you know, it's like, well, I'm Sith. I got to have a badass mask. Well, he's like, so here's the thing, guys. I was doing my, my research <laughs> and 30 years ago, there was this bounty hunter called Boba Fett. And really the guy who wasn't a very good bounty hunter... He actually kind of sucked, but he wore a mask that was a little enigmatic. People kept hiring him, mm-hmm. they kept talking about him. There's all these legends about his like lineage. People seem to think he's cool, and I think it was just because he wore masks. So. He's like, then I read about the mystery box, and it turns out you hold a little bit back. People are so much more interested. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to wear a mask. I'm never going to take it off. Mm-hmm. Also, because underneath this, I might look like Adam Driver, and that's not a good look. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're just some weird dorky guy with like lopsided ears. Yeah. That's not, that's not scary at all. Could you put the mask back on? Of course, now that I've seen it, I don't know how you get that giant nose in there. Anyway. Um, what if he has no nose? Like, his nose has been cut off. How does he smell? I don't know. I mean, this is maybe PG-13. You know, obviously it's not more than that. They're definitely going broad here, so. It's like they but, can't be too nasty. True, but this this is a this is a series of movies that have been PG-13 hmm. or pg that have frequently featured limbs being chopped right off. Well, I, I think if you were to release A New Hope now, like it never existed and you release it now, I think that would get a PG-13, right? Oh, probably. I mean, like burnt, like skeletons, like hands getting cut off. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, PG-13 didn't exist back then. Well, and just just the brutality of Han shooting first. 
Yes. <laughs> Name check. Um, <laughs> by the way, in case anyone is curious, we don't actually think Rio should shoot first. We just think it's funny to tweak Star Wars fans. Yeah. Um, so we cut to this shot of uh, Ray and Finn and BB-8, the ball droid. They're running away on that set on Jakku, uh, the one that we the like leak set photos are from. Mm-hmm. As like a Tie Fighter is like blowing up a building behind them. This is um, a great shot. It's a great shot. What I love about this shot, they're like, you know, uh, F- Daisy Ridley here. She's like, you know, kind of like grimace, like intense running. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Boyega is like running behind him, and there's like this explosion as they're running away, and then like there's a a delayed reaction where it's you would imagine this would be the the time it would actually take somebody who's say like a hundred meters away to react to the sound and explosion. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels very realistic. Like there's the explosion and like a sec, a split second later, then John Boyega is just like, Oh shit. You know, like kind of like flinches and throws his hands up behind him. Well, yeah, I think we saw, especially when you and I responded to in the first teaser is that it seems like JJ Abrams is really getting into the kinetic feel of this universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's not safe. You're not sitting in like futuristic living rooms, all mm-hmm. on like Star Trek. Well, and I'm pretty sure, obviously, the uh, the TIE fighter in the background and the laser are added in in post, but I'm pretty sure this explosion probably happened on set. Um, Wait, you think that the TIE fighter was added in post? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe send up a drone or something. But um, I'm pretty sure that they were like, they actually did like, you know, some like explosives work or whatever, because this right. reaction looks really real. Yeah. You know, it happened like he reacts as though he was actually there and you know because you don't react immediately to the explosion it's like a split second later which is exactly how he does it right right um and it, it seems kind of real like oh shit something just exploded behind me well and this is the staff that she's holding that was attached to her her fudgical yeah she's got this uh it's like a pike or something i mean i don't yeah. know i don't know if this thing does something or if it's just metal or if it's like a like a, like a tuscan raiders gun thing or um the uh like Grievous's like uh like honor guard or whatever. Oh right, right. The you know, like stick things. Yeah, yeah d- like the like buzzing electricity on the ends. Yeah, I wonder if this does something else or if it's just like like a metal stick. Here's what I love about the prequels. Even those guys had fancy cloaks. I love those guys. Those guys are some of my favorite designs from the prequels. Yeah. Well, because it was so fun and ridiculous like why did they have capes they didn't need capes mm-hmm. who cares give them ca- why does grievous have a cape a cape <laughs> with like special clips that are built into him yeah for the cape yeah i love that oh so, so uh, before we move on bb8 rolling along in the background there did you happen to at least watch the clip of him from the panel I, no i just stared at gifts of it for like an hour of him rolling around like a practical thing is he made of magic he is the the funniest thing about that is the uh the entertainment weekly guy who is just like flubbing left and right? He they bring out the like the, the you know set the, like uh, what are the creature shop people or whatever who made R two, and they're like, yeah, you, you made the droid, you know, you're on, the, you know, yeah, they were fans and now they're on the production, and they're like, isn't that cool? You made R two, and then the EW guy tries to like shuffle them off, and then he's like, oh no, wait, yeah, we we have uh we have BB eight, we're gonna bring him out, and it was this very like anticlimactic thing where like suddenly like BB eight just starts rolling out on stage. And it's like, holy shit, how is that even real? Like, what, how do you do that? Yeah. It, it, it looks like magic. Um, because not only there's, it's not like it's a, a wheel or something. Like, it rolls in all directions. Mm-hmm. Um, the head seemingly moves around on its own. It can lean over on the side. It isn't like, you know, perfectly stuck on top of the It seems the whole time. like he, the head tilts forward and he moves forward. 
But the right? head can tilt forward on its own. Right. Like, the head can just kind of, like, tilt over to one side. And it mm. can spin around as it's tilted over. Like, I have no idea how they're doing it. It seems like magic. Like magnets and gyroscopes, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that will be the uh, the hot toy to get this holiday season if they can figure out how to sell one of those. Yeah, along with the uh, uh, the dancing baby group, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still like. It looks like magic. Like you even seen it in real life, rolling out on a set. I know there are a bunch of people who are like, "Wait, is this like is this some sort of like uh like CGI'd in thing that's like it's not really there if you're at the the panel?" Like, no, it was actually there. Yeah, there's no strings. This is the future of Winston the soccer ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BB-8 looks incredible, and also very cool. Like, it sounded a little bit like Eva from WALL-E, but, like, with its own spin. Um, It definitely is kind of R2-ish without being R2. Maybe a little more feminine. Um, Do you think it's a lady droid or a gynoid? I don't know, but it definitely, like, like BB-8 and R2, they were, like, arguing with each other. Like, when you know, because they're both out on set or out on the stage at the same time. They're kind of, like... JJ is trying to talk about them and they keep talking. JJ tells them to quiet down. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 like the character they could communicate with this ball droid seemed almost like more expressive than R2. So I want, I want two little bits of fan fiction. I want that tense scene where it's like uh, Ray and Finn are talking about, all right, we got to hurry. Kylo Ren's on our tail and he's an asshole and he's a really bad guy. And, and then like R2 is like talking over in the corner to see through about his night with uh, BBA and beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. And like Ray starts to blush like, oh my God. And like mm-hmm. Finn starts to blush like, oh my God, R2, that's scandalous. And then I want the thing where like, like one of them has to pick up BBA to like get him over a fence and they just kick him like a soccer ball. <laughs> he definitely seems more maneuverable than R2, especially yeah. if, if R2's not going to have his like jets anymore. Well, the one like R two couldn't keep up with this like running away from the explosion here. Right. The one gif that I saw, especially in this like a uneven terrain mm-hmm. of sand, mm-hmm. but like the one gif I saw, like the way BB eight was moving around R two, it was like whenever you have like an older dog and like there's like something like a, like a young energetic puppy around, and the other dog's just kind of always off put, like as this thing is running in circles yeah. around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like obviously R two is going to have some feelings about this new, more maneuverable little ball droid. He's just going to shove him out of He's the like, airlock when no one's great. looking. Great. I'm not the cute one anymore. By the way, I've been mean to mention, speaking of shoving out airlocks. Um, well, but- like, how is Kenny Baker going to fit into BB-8? <laughs> <laughs> they cut off his arms and legs, of course. Uh, so you haven't watched Rebels at all, right? I have watched the pilot. Okay. Um, having watched the whole season, I forgot to mention this the last time. By far, the most interesting thing about the show to me is mm-hmm. that the droid on it, my blue's name Chopper, Mm-hmm. it's like the droid is like sociopathic like the <laughs> droid is like a straight-up murderer <laughs> like there's this bit where like they're they're flying away and like the the droid and then another droid like mm-hmm. an imperial droid that they like commandeered or like on like the back of the uh like the like a hangar hatch or whatever of their mm-hmm. ship and Chomp- chopper just like shoves the other droid off nice. like like a psychopath nice um, there's i feel like there's something unexplored there with like that droid is just like a straight up murder who's like clearly like a total misanthrope i'm interested to see where they go with that in season two there is a droid from the clone wars cartoon i wish i knew this droid's name it's one of the like trade federation droids he's the one he like waddles with like this like like he looks kind of like a rabbit a rabbit hmm. yeah he's like 
he's always working with like Grievous, and it's like he's always the one. It's like whenever the the main villain is distracted by the Jedi or whatever, he's the one who like waddles away with like the vial of poison to go like, hmm. kill off the population of a planet or something. He's got like these little rabbit ears and this like fat little bottom. It's he's so like adorable, but then he's like sinister. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just taking a quick search of Google and I can't find pictures of him or his name, unfortunately. I'm sure somebody listening can chime in, but yeah, some of the droid designs are just so interesting, and I would love to see more of them. And some of them, it's like the uh, the the little droid troopers from the prequels. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm done with those. Mm-hmm. Like they were cool, but yeah. Before we move on from the shot, do you want to talk about the outfits at all? Yeah. Um, it seems like Finn's changed here. He's put on, like, his non-Stormtrooper garb. He's got just, like, a black shirt and pants on, um, some kind of cool, like, space sneakers. Like, I don't know if you saw the the pictures of his outfit mm-hmm. from the, like, they had, like, the outfits on display at Celebration. But Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. He has, like... These kind of like silvery, like like space sneakers. Cool, cool. Um, and then he has like just kind of like it's like leatherish, I don't know, brown and and red jacket. It's this is like, a very cool look. It's like civilian garb ish. Yeah, but like it's like it's it's kind of like seventies like like sci fi shaft look. It's I mean it it just looks like a like a lived in look. Like it's not. Thank God that he's not like everyone wearing like robes and shit, you know? Right. Like it's it's something you could like want to like dress up for Halloween as, I feel like. Right. Um but yeah, Ray Ray just just in like kind of the desert, you know, kind of loose flowing clothing. It's hmm. uh it appears to be like a just a jumpsuit with kind of like a, a cloak dress type thing over it. I don't know, it's a cool look. I think Long you'll appreciate that I'm looking at a piece of concept art for this outfit mm-hmm. and he has a lightsaber attached to the yeah. outfit. He has the Bestman lightsaber. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the uh, especially the like promo shot of Ray and her costume looks pretty fucking cool, with the uh, her I like l- big like pike like strapped to her back. Right. I really like the uh, the new stormtrooper look, like the weird Glasgow smile and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. So we'll finally cut away from this shot. Uh, we get <laughs> cut to, uh, Kylo Ren. We're assuming here. He like turns around to face the camera and you see his like mask as he like holds out his hand. Like he's about to like force choke someone or something mm-hmm. or, or use the force to block something. Yeah. And in the background, there seem to be stormtroopers with their guns on a bunch of people and like fire and shit. So, so whether same, or not, same as the scene before, right. Whether like or not the empire has changed their name. These are first order stormtroopers. Yes, um, and whether or not the Empire becomes the First Order, or the First it's, Order is something else, maybe like using the the symbology of the Empire, we don't know yet. Well, so when I first read that First Order Stormtroopers, I assumed that they were like a, a special battalion or something like that. Hmm. And then I started reading all these articles about how the Empire's changed its name to the First Order, and I was like, how would you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was from the um. Like the the concept art and whatnot there's, on display at celebration where they, that first cropped up. There's flame troopers and snow troopers. You can see them in the background in some of these shots. Not this one, but we'll get to it in a bit. But yeah, Kylo Ren turns. He has this weird kind of silverish mask with like no nose. It's just yeah. like kind of like a, a face plate. Uh, he's using the force on someone. 
And then we, we cut to the shot where we see all the stormtroopers. It's this big wide shot. Uh, there's some cool TIE fighters. Like the TIE, like colors are reversed where like the, the little ball and, um, outlines of the wings are black. And then, mm-hmm. but then like the panels are, are white. Mm-hmm. Cool look. It, like it feels new and updated, but still TIE fighter ish. Yeah. Like I look at that and I kind of like, I'm like, what is that white material? like feel mm-hmm. like because it looks like it's very thin yeah well it's the old tie fighters they, they said they were like solar panels or whatever to like charge lasers okay um so these i maybe they're just upgraded versions but it's a very cool kind of like reverse color look on a tie fighter yeah um in the it is the big wide shot where it's like this parade ground and then up above it's big like kind of metal fortress there's like a big kind of nazi-ish banner of the, the yeah. new force first first order uh, logo it just yeah it feels very like propaganda-esque there's like turbo laser emplacements over on like the sides and up on the mountain behind mm-hmm. um there's somebody who's looks like he's dressed like i don't know like an imperial general or something like standing up like to address the troops there mm-hmm. um and then you can you can kind of see like in if you look closely in the background there's like some snow troopers there's a flame troop flame trooper guy with like his like like a flamethrower backpack on. Because this is like a snow planet, too. Seems there's, to be, yeah. There's like snowy cliffs behind them. Yeah, there's a big snowy mountain structure. behind them. Um, and the, the stormtroopers are all turning around to look at something, although it, it doesn't seem like they're doing it as part of like like parade ground like like maneuvers. It looks like they're all turning to look at something because they don't well, do it all that. at once. Oh, don't they? Okay. It's not it's, like formation. Then. It's not like, I mean, if it is, they're not in very good practice. Let's put it that way. You know, because they all just kind of turn around, but not like in sync. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that big like Nazi-ish banner behind them with the First Order. Very evocative, obviously. We know what they're going for here. <laughs> uh, but cool shot. Interesting location, too. We've gone from the desert to this like snowy place. Mm-hmm. But it's more mountainous than Hoth. It's not just like, you know, snow covered wasteland. Right. It's like a it's like a mountainous territory. And so I, I I'm kinda wondering, is the first order, is this just like what the Empire is now? Or is it like is it like this weird splinter like cult group or something? Like it, does the first order have like shitloads of bases everywhere, or do they just have one secret base, like this base that we're seeing right now? Yeah, good question. We don't know. Um, well, and, and you brought up something just kind of bullshitting before we recorded that. The, for all we know, the First Order is what the uh, the New Republic became. Yeah, yeah. It could even be the, the dominant so that's, government. That's why there's a resistance who's different from the re- rebels. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that the New Republic took over in the core worlds, but on the fringes, like the First Order arose from like the remnants of the Empire, and then those worlds have like a resistance element, and that it's like, not like you know the new republic in the core is like ignoring them or like not getting involved in the conflict we really don't know what the state of politics is in the uh the new new you know state of things i'm like looking at these uh, uh pictures from the costume of kylo ren at celebration mm-hmm. he really looks like uh like a sci-fi medieval monk yeah mm-hmm. the like, the way his like cloak hangs it's very simple in a lot of ways like, I almost feel like I'm looking at a much better version of Dr. Doom than the Fantastic Four movie can offer. <laughs> Seriously. 
<laughs> oh man, you remember how the first Doctor Doom they just like gave him a bazooka and they're like, that's cool, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so we cut to this like weird parade ground shot to close up on Ray. She's it's kind of a weird angle where there's something in front of her that we can't really see and she's like looking up. Um, I don't even know what to say about this other than that she looks like sweaty and sunburnt, like somebody who lives in a desert might look. Mm-hmm. Um, then we cut to TIE fighters in the air, those kind of cool black black and white TIE fighters, like zooming down, flying through some like burning smoke clouds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then cut to, I love this shot. This is like, like a hangar bay. It looks like a hangar bay on like a Star Destroyer maybe. You can see the, yeah. like the magnetic lock in the background of space. And there's like a TIE fighter kind of like floating around, like shooting up the place as a bunch of stormtroopers are shooting at it. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing about this shot is that there's this one stormtrooper that just goes like flying in the air, like upside down. <laughs> I love that guy. That's like my favorite thing now. The stormtrooper just goes like flying. I I hope they have like the Wilhelm scream for that guy. <laughs> and and there's a bunch of other stormtroopers firing at this. Um, my immediate thought when I watch is, I'll bet most of this is actually practical effects. Oh yeah, I bet. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they had the the tie that's flying on just like a gimbal, because mm-hmm. all this other stuff like the explosions and the way the camera is kind of like tilted tracking through it, it all looks real. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like they CGI'd in those explosions. I'm betting those are all you know. And it's probably like a, a you know not a real person being thrown up in the air, like just the costume of the stormtrooper. But this all looks real. Uh, mm-hmm. and it looks really good. There's just there's something about doing the effects in camera that you can't quite compare to in CGI. Right. And it's it's almost like less ambitious but more impactful because of that, you know? Uh, you it's it's the uncanny valley though. You know yeah. when something's real. You, mm-hmm. just, you can just sense it. And you can just imagine they actually did build this set more or less. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. They're all like ducking behind like cargo, you know, the stormtroopers and like, you know, navy troopers are all ducking behind cargo shit and this tie is blasting things up. I mean, I, you can assume that maybe our heroes are inside of that thing. Escaping. Well, the rumor was that Poe Dameron and Finn hijack a TIE fighter mm-hmm. at the start of the movie or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, because then, after this cool shot of that Stormtrooper flying in the air, we cut to Finn. He's yanking off his Stormtrooper helmet, which appears to have a bloody handprint on it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um and he, he yanks it off and he's breathing hard like he's like almost having a panic attack. Um, yeah, people are like, it's like, it's like, why is he breathing so hard? It's like, cause shit's going down. I don't know. He's having the worst day of his life, probably. This is probably, yeah. I mean, he's in the fucking battles on here. This looks pretty stressful. Well, and I think he's our, he's our everyman. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, you know, maybe some like, you know, conscript or recruit or something forced to be a stormtrooper and, shit is going down like crazy you know like he's you know he's amazed to be alive probably well this is a guy who probably you know he wanted to get out of his shitty backworld planet Mm -hmm. he wanted to go to college he joined the military there's a guy with like no nose and a metal face like slashing people in half with like a medieval laser broadsword and he's Mm -hmm. like this is fucking insane well, people forget that Luke wanted to join the Academy, which would then lead to the Empire at the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah. So that could be a similar situation with this guy. He kind of gets roped into something. Solely, solely just to get out of his shitty neck of the woods. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this guy is just like, holy shit. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely freaking out. 
uh, breathing hard. And then this cool shot of what looks like a bunch of like, I don't know, like drop ships or something. Right. Uh, and this, the big, like, I'm assuming this is like, like Kylo Ren ship, this like kind of big shuttlecraft with these huge wings. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, it kind of looks like the shuttle Tidurium only without the top wing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're flying yeah. towards a, a big ass star destroyer that looks, it's, I mean, it looks like a star destroyer, but it looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Not quite the same. It's also not crashed into a giant sand dude. Yeah. Well, and this is what I wonder: like, is this the First Order's only star destroyer, or are they, or are they a massive? You know, how big are they? I guess is is my curiosity. Well, it's kind of like uh, wasn't it in the Zon the first three Zon books. It was like uh, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn was like kind of his own renegade group of sorts within the larger remnants of the Empire. I think they retcon that later. Okay, because the whole Dark Empire thing, but okay. Yeah, I, I wonder how big the First Order is um, compared to, say, like the Resistance forces and, and whether or not there is like a Republic beyond that or if it's just like chaos everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we fade to uh, the Chrome Trooper here. Very cool shot. Very Boba Fett-ish shot. The the posture. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this Chrome Trooper with like a black and red cape on walking through some sort of I don't know, there's like rocks on the wall at one point. Yeah, there's there's like glowing red rocks next mm-hmm. to like the imperial like the familiar imperial lighting s- scheme on the well, wall. And it definitely seems like they're like the empire is going to be black and white and red, like very stark colors. Yeah. And the, the the you know, production design and it totally works. Oh, uh, so it's, it's a classic Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, this is this uh is rumored to be Gwendolyn Chrissy's character. Oh, interesting. Captain Phasma. Uh, this kind of Boba Fett-ish. Well, didn't I just read uh, an actress named Amy Beth Hargreaves is also cast as a female stormtrooper? Maybe. I mean, who knows? Right. I mean, that could be basically an extra, I guess. Well, I like, I like if I remember correctly, that one of the details I, I really remember from the Zahn books was that Palpatine was a... Like a non, like a rate, like a xenophobic, yeah, xenophobic, non-human, non-humanoid species. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, still, there was no like female stormtroopers. It seems like the first order, though, maybe they're a little more equal opportunity. Wouldn't it be great if the first order also paid female stormtroopers the same as male stormtroopers? <laughs> they're an equal opportunity, evil empire, <laughs> which never ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chrome Trooper here looks pretty cool. Cool, well, this like, is like chrome the, gun. Yeah, this is like the badass march to like to the fight. Well, you can, just the posture of it is like a swagger. Yeah, and, yeah, and the like cape, cape and everything. Swagger. Yeah. It's like he's showing up. He or she is showing up to say, "Oh, hey, I heard in the comms that, that you requested an ass kicking." Here I am. Oh, and if you go back to the shot of like the parade ground, mm-hmm. if you look at the person who's standing to like the behind on the left side of like the general person background. That could be the Chrome Trooper there. I mean, it's very small and blurry, so you can't say with any certainty, but it kind of looks like somebody in a silvery outfit with a cape on one shoulder. So this this Chrome Trooper could be pretty high up in the the hierarchy. Vaguely unrelated. I saw the trailer for season two of Rebels. Mm. Obviously, I have no idea where season one goes, but like, do they do away with the Inquisitor? Uh, Do you want to know? I'll take that as a kind of yes. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I was like, Whoa. let's just say that there are plot lines involving the Inquisitor in season one of Rebels. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. 
So cool Chrome Trooper, then fade to BB-8, leaning around the corner. Um, Falcon. Of, of what looks like the Falcon, yeah. And it's, this droid has so much character, the way it can kind of like just roll over and lean around the corner and look. I'm gonna call I, I think right people now. are going to love this thing. I'm going to call it right now. BB-8's a traitor. No. <laughs> this is BB-8 spying on the others and like R2. Like no one believes R2 and they're like, that chick is up to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think I think audiences are going to love BB-8. It's oh, going to yeah, be like that. instant fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, just peeking around the corner of the Falcon here. I wonder what they're looking at. Um, then cut to this very like... This shot of Ray with like her hair is messy and blowing in the wind. It looks like she's probably on Jakku here. Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of Luke in The New Hope. Like that scene of him as he's looking at his uh, dead aunt and uncle. <laughs> Same type of like, you know, kind of messy hair, contemplative look on his face. She's looking and then cut to Finn. He's on the ground. He's like covered in dirt. Um, and then Ray's hand just kind of comes into the frame. I love the framing of this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's such a classic '70s like uh, blocking too. Yeah, this hand comes right into the middle of the frame, reaching out to Finn. Finn kind of like looks at the hand, looks at her, and it's just like okay, like grabs her arm and like gets up. Well, and you can make the argument that like she's helping him up, and now they're going to run away from a giant explosion that you just well, saw earlier well, in the trailer. Daisy really described herself as a, a scavenger, mm-hmm. and like she kind of seems like a like a loner. You know, she's like this self sufficient like scavenger on this like ship graveyard type planet well, and that maybe this is like, she's, you know, for maybe the first time ever, like kind of like saying, okay, Hey, I'm going to help you out. Finn, you know, they probably don't know each other, but she's, you know, not going to be a loner anymore. She's going to help this guy out. Wasn't the rumor that, that she lived in the, the destroyed star destroyer with Max von Sydow. There've been various rumors to that effect. No, nobody really knows for sure, but, should I think some out? rumors had her living inside of like a, a destroyed ATAT. So, oh, should we went out? Far as we know, we see no signs of Max von Sydow in the trailer, or uh, uh, Andy Serkis, or, or Domhnall Gleeson, or yeah, a lot of these characters. I think people are going to be really surprised when they find out that it's Domhnall Gleeson inside of BB-8. <laughs> and they cut off his arms and his legs and a lot more. <laughs> now you could fit maybe like a human head inside of BB-8. <laughs> What's in the droid yeah. what's in the droid but yeah i love i love this shot uh just the hand in the frame and finn's just like yeah i mean this is this is like a pivotal moment it seems like yeah where they they decided to work together and team up now she's well, gonna like help him like you said though he's i think our everyman mm-hmm. well and probably he doesn't... through him we meet the other characters yeah yeah i feel like it so they're gonna team up and then we get the cool shots of the falcon Racing across the dunes and like through a bunch of like kind of just metal wreckage as the TIE fighters shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And the Falcon goes right into like the exhaust ports of what looks like a super star destroyer. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same star destroyer that we saw at the beginning of the trailer. The angle is much different, yeah. And oh, and there's no like tower. Right. Um, it could be a different ship altogether, but it looks like the exhaust ports of one of those super star destroyers, yeah. Cause it's, yeah. It seems a lot longer, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so they, the tie follows the Falcon right in, you get a cool shot of the tie pilot with like red streaks on the, the helmet. Mm-hmm. Very, and there's like red lights around it. Like this is a very cool shot of the, the tie cockpit here. Yeah. These tie fighters seem just as evil as they did in a new hope. You know, it's like kind of weird, like air tubes, like faceless. You can't see their faces or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 
you know, just a tie or not the tie, the, the Falcons like flying, you know, being shot at through the interior of this, you know, ship. Big explosion, kind of reminiscent of flying through the second Death Star. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to black and then we hear the, just the voice of Harrison Ford. He says, Chewie, do you bleed? You will. <laughs> False yeah. God. Yeah. No, he says Chewie, and then it fades in, and we see the classic kind of Han and Chewie group together. Chewie's got his bowcaster out, and uh, it's old Han Solo. He says, we're home. And they're in the Falcon. I really wonder what this means. Does Is the Falcon their home? Is it where they've landed their home? Yeah. Has somebody returned the Falcon to them? Have they landed mm-hmm. somewhere? Are they are they just looking? Why do they have their guns out? Because well, like Han like nods at somebody, like he kind of smiles and nods at somebody off screen here. Well, is he looking out a window at like just pure fucking crazy chaos, like adventure? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, <laughs> someone's on my Christmas list. It's crazy time. Chewie does his growl. I know a lot of people are like, why doesn't Chewie have gray hair? But he looks very much like a New Hope Chewie. You know, he's he's still sprying in his youth for a Wookiee, I guess. Well, I mean, he was, you know. The same in the prequels. I mean, yeah, he's probably just like like Spock, you know? Well, I think what throws some people off is that Chewie does look different, especially in Empire, when mm-hmm. he's in the snow. You know, he's mm-hmm. like with the snow in his, his uh, fur and whatnot. Like, he does look a little different. Like, this very much looks like a New Hope Chewie. Mm-hmm. He's had some work done. Mm-hmm. Well, he lives, Wookiees live like 400 years or something. He's, Chewie's like, uh, it's like mid 40s in human well, times. Then- did I read something where what's his name who played Chewie like due to various surgeries and complications of growing old like he can barely stand anymore? Yeah, he was there. They brought Peter Mayhew out on stage at the panel. Um, he has like a lightsaber cane. Um, okay, but they had a chair for him. I mean, he walked out with the cane, but then he sat down. It was okay. funny. He, he they were introducing the various casts, and he walks out, and they haven't introduced Mark Hamill yet. But Mark Hamill just walks out like with him, like mm-hmm. kind of like helping Peter Mayhew out. It's oh my kind god, of, it's the trickster. Yeah. It was kind of funny, just like it was. It was like Mark Hamill's just like, let's be anticlimactic. Like I'm just gonna walk out with Peter, Peter Mayhew, you know, and, like help him out to his chair. Oh, weren't you saying that uh, uh, Anthony Downs was like making fun of uh, when the Entertainment Weekly guy got the hashtag wrong? Yeah, the hashtag was CP3O, and so Anthony Daniels came out later and made a joke about it, and people were like, "Oh my God, Anthony Daniels doesn't know it's C3PO." It's like, no, he knows. Trust me, like. That's his whole career. He knows it's C-3PO. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the sharpest guy in the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Han and Chewie. I mean, this shot is purely just like, hey, fans, here you go. Well, this is Has the equivalent of the, the Falcon shot at the end of the, the previous teaser, you know? It wouldn't shock me if this wasn't even in the movie, to be honest. Yeah. It's almost breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Yeah, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. December. In real 3D and IMAX 3D. Um, I have a friend whose brother works in the effects industry and is apparently doing some of the 3D work. So I, I, you know, obviously only a few days before, but I, I became aware that they actually were going to do these in 3D, which, eh, I don't know. I wish I could see an IMAX and not 3D. Because mm-hmm. I, there are, they release some publicity stills of some of those shots on Jakku, like the, the Falcon flying, being mm-hmm. chased by a TIE fighter. And you can see the IMAX version, which is like just, you know, taller frame. Mm-hmm. And it looks really cool. I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know. How do you want to see the movie? Would you want to see it in IMAX and have that thing where it like the, the aspect ratio changes occasionally? 
Like, I, I find that a little distracting. Like, I watched The Dark Knight that, or I think it was Dark Knight Rises that way, and it's a well, little distracting. The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises both had, like, short sequences filmed mm-hmm. in IMAX, right? Yeah, just some sequences, not the whole movie. So the aspect ratio changes. Same thing for Ghost it. Protocol, which had just the Abu Dhabi, the... Uh, Dubai, the, yeah. Yeah, Dubai, yeah, climbing the uh, uh, side of the building in IMAX. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to see it in 3D, I'll put it that way. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to see it in IMAX, but yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I think maybe really... our our first viewing just needs to be in good old 2D. I feel like. Yeah, I don't even know that the IMAX. Like the first time I watched it, if it was an IMAX, I don't think that I would really notice. I think I would be so blown True. away by so much. Yeah, it'd be hard to. I mean, I, we'll see it in IMAX 3D at some point. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, I think our first viewing needs to be in good old 2D because yeah. that's how they're shooting it. Mm-hmm. They're doing 3D post-process conversion, so. Uh, so that's the trailer. Crazy trailer. Lots of fun. Somehow revealed hardly anything mm-hmm. in a minute and 51 seconds, but. I mean, very, this is, this is the kind of teaser, teaser you want. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a teaser as well. They call it Teaser 2, so. Well, yeah, yeah. This isn't the actual trailer. You'll get a trailer with, like, some story. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as far as teasers go, this is amazing. Well, they basically said, like, Here's some dialogue about this kind of Skywalker family legacy here. So it would seem that one of the characters in this movie is going to be a descendant of the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. That's the impression I get. I, I'm pretty sure it's Ray. Maybe it's someone else. Right. It's I, I feel more than, more than ever that it's, um, Ray and, and Kylo Ren are related. Like I feel like the brother sister thing is very strong. I just oh. got a still image of the uh, stormtrooper guy upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. There's just like every time I see that, I just get happy just seeing this upside down stormtrooper. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it feels Star Wars-y, you know? It's like, yeah. cause that, that's what happens to stormtroopers. They're, they're yeah, just exactly. cannon fodder. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I really feel like it's not going to end up being much of a surprise if Rey and Kylo Ren are like brother-sister or something like that or Kylo Ren goes to the dark side. You know, they're either Han's kids or Han Leia's kids or Luke's kids. Or, I mean, they're cousins, maybe. What do you mean cousins? Oh, you mean like one of them's Luke's kid and one of them's Han's kid or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's always possible. Yeah, it could be. But, I don't know. I, there's something about Rey. I mean, she looks so much like Carrie Fisher and Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's... You know, it's a different hero's journey this time, I think. You know, Ray would be a little bit more of a a loner. You know, it's different than Luke just, like, wanting to get away. Yeah, Luke, you know, it was basically... Uh, Tatooine for him was, like, a standing for, like, a farm in Iowa or something mm-hmm. like that. He did have a family unit. Whereas, he, I was going to say, I think Ray's like, hero's journey would be more about accepting, like, the mantle of being a Skywalker. Because there's, right. like, history and legacy now. Right. Yeah, getting out of this weird hermit world that mm-hmm. she's living in. That she's almost like hidden herself in, yeah. Yeah. Um, it could be Poe Dameron, I guess. He seems older. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they, like, oh, and that's the other thing, is like, who has force powers? Maybe it's all of them. Hmm. Um, I mean, we know that in the concept art, Finn has the lightsaber. Right. So maybe he is like kind of like, you know, force potential. Or he's just transporting it. 
I just like that the way that the jacket and this concept art is designed. It's like almost like these like straps and things are solely for carrying a lightsaber around. Yeah, it's like what else would that be for? <laughs> but I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't feel like he's just the transporter. I feel like that suggests that he has some latent force ability. I mean, I don't think he's trained or anything, but maybe the force is with him. Well, theoretically, the force moves through everyone whether well, or not you can access it let's talk about that let's talk about the nature of the force um okay we were talking about this like a, a little while ago so there's this idea of the force in star wars and it's you know this is obviously like interpretations because it's not like the films spelled out one or the other but like when han solo is piloting he's a really good pilot is the force with him even though he is not a jedi and can't directly use it like, what is his skill kind of like the influence of the Force? Okay, it, it, I want to get into the semantics of that sentence. Mm-hmm. Is the Force with him? Yes. Is he manipulating the Force even on a subconscious level? No, I don't think so. But like, I think he's just a damn good fucking pilot. But is the... I, I guess the question is, how, how active a role does the Force play in the universe? Because obviously the Jedi can use the Force and manipulate it. But is Han, even though he's not like a force sensitive is he somehow still using the force or being manipulated by it i don't think so because i i I mean the phrase may the force be with you kind of suggests that there's like this tangible quality of like luck or good fortune in the star wars universe Mm -hmm. you know the force is with you things go well for you Mm -hmm. Um, the force seems to be with han a lot which is why he's such a good pilot um but it because I, I this debate started over like of the Finn character basically like is he actually like you know a potential Jedi or is it just like the Force is with him you know like because he he seems to be using that lightsaber he has it with him right I mean it's one thing to to really get into it with a Han situation because you can at least debate based on given evidence mm-hmm. who the fuck knows a Finn <laughs> yeah true true um, um, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, cement is the. For- I feel like the force comes out of all beings. It surrounds us, it binds us, whatever. Mm. But no, I don't think that like Han is manipulating the force. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that perhaps normal people, muggles, if you will, mm. are subconsciously or on some level, you know, accessing the force and don't realize it. But that seems like you're overcomplicating. I mean, you might. Well, it's like is is Han's like the Chlorians. Is Han's like kind of you know preternatural intuition, the Force? Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder I if he'll expand upon that at all in this movie. Like saying Han's not actually that good of a pilot. The Force just likes him. Yeah, well, and that's you know it's kind of intent versus you know is does the universe you know, does the Force want Han to succeed or is there something about him where even though he doesn't realize it, he's kind of like in tune with the Force? I don't know. Poe Dameron's not actually the best pilot in the galaxy. He just has force with him. Wouldn't that make him the best pilot in the galaxy, though, if he kind of unconsciously was, like, sensing or, like, in sync with the force? But I would think that you you could be a Jedi and still be a bad pilot. Could you? You would just maybe sense that you're going to crash a lot sooner than you actually are. (laughs) I guess, yeah. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, I wonder... I mean... The movie's called The Force Awakens. We still don't really know why. I wonder if they'll go into more of just, you know, how exactly does the Force work? Right. 
And I, I, I'm pretty sure they're not going to mention the word midichlorians once in the new movie. So I would think that JJ Abrams just knows not to walk into that. No, that, that mire when they, they're asking him about, you know, like the, you know, physical sets and, you know, practical effects and whatnot. And he, he did a very good job of talking about everything he loved about star Wars as a kid and, and never saying the word prequels once, even though it was like, he wasn't going to badmouth the prequels, but at the same time, he was like, I'm just not going to bring them up, you know? Right. So. So we haven't even talked about uh, Rogue One once. This is the longest episode of this podcast. Oh, right? this is going to be a long episode. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, I, just, I, I read an interesting comment on the Forcenet message board. It's just pure speculation about Luke. Because mm-hmm. um, there's this idea that, like, Luke... You know, it's a popular rumor is that it's, it's like the search for Luke. You know, like, what's Luke up to? Why is he seemingly withdrawn? Like, why isn't he at the head of a new Jedi Council or something like that? Right. Because um, you clearly that was Luke's style, as we saw in the in the original trilogy. Well, in the in the, in the expanded universe, he, you know, he starts a new Jedi Order and he becomes like the Grand Master and all that. So a lot of people are kind of thinking about it through that paradigm. Like, why... Why, you know, is it heroic for Luke of like to withdrawn from the world, perhaps? Hmm. Um, you know, like what's he been doing? Shouldn't he be like leading someone? Um, and I, I read this really neat speculation that at some point Luke, you know, has a wife and they have a, you know, a daughter, perhaps a son, you know, hmm. maybe they have Ray, maybe they have Ren. Um, and some bad shit happens at some point in the past. Do you say wife- Ray and Ren? Kylo or Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, that's that the popular rumors that it's Kira Ray and Kylo Ren or like twins or something. Okay, that makes sense. That I've seen that mentioned a lot because Kira was rumored to be Ray's name for a long time. Right. So maybe her full name actually is Kira Ray. Right, right. So the the speculation would go that Luke had a wife and he had children. Perhaps he had Kira, Kira Ray and Kylo Ren, and there was some sort of like a uh, attack on his like you know nascent like new Jedi order. Mm-hmm. Where everybody died, his wife died. He assumed that his daughter died, or his son died, or whatever, and that the reason he withdrew from you know the galaxy more or less is that he can't seek revenge. Like if if he were to seek vengeance, he would become the danger the galaxy fears. You know, like mm. he he would be traveling down the path of the dark side if he if he sought vengeance for his family, which is why he's withdrawn. Mm. Which would be, I, I feel like that would hold up. And it would make sense. Like, why would Luke withdraw from the galaxy? He would do it if he knew that by going after the First Order or, like, the new, you know, evil Force user, Sith, whatever, that would set him on a path to the dark side. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Like, he'd he'd be protecting the galaxy from himself. But if he were to maybe train a new Jedi, like Finn or or Rey, maybe they could be the one to, like, fight the Sith and, you know, it wouldn't be a dark side path. Right. So that interests me. I wonder if they'll go in some that sort of direction. I like that. Or yeah, I mean, I mean, because you think that he could be protecting his offspring directly, but yeah, maybe he's protecting the universe from himself. Well, some kind of line of dialogue where he's just like, "If I were to defeat Kylo Ren, you know, the galaxy would face an even bigger danger." And they'd be like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "Me." <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be a cool line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, wasn't there the Rumors that fucking rumors that Max von Sydow and, and Kylo Ren and there's like a their Jedi Academy and something went wrong, and that's when like uh, uh, Max von Sydow had to run off with uh, 
Ray or Kira Ray or what have you. There's various permutations of that. Yeah, this idea that at some point, maybe you know, somewhere between ten and twenty years in the past, like shit went wrong, uh, and that that's why Luke is not just running a Jedi Council now. That's why he's withdrawn. That's why potentially. Kylo Ren's bad guy. That's why Ray is a, a loner because it, it really seems like she's going to be related to one of the Skywalkers. And it was like, well, how do you get to that point? You know how how could you know Luke's daughter, Han and Leia's daughter, end up a, a scavenger and like a nomad on this desert planet? You know, maybe she was almost killed and like was you know thought to be dead and ended up stranded somewhere. Right. Maybe they think she is dead. Hmm. Or maybe it's all some elaborate cover and that she knows who she is. Han knows where she is and they're just choosing to have her live a life of obscurity growing up for protection. Which will all be explained in a touching monologue from Chewie. Mm-hmm. And then R2 will, will chime in, you know, with the exposition that you're missing from that because you can't have Chewie say Han's just like, boy, you said it, Chewie. That explains everything. <laughs> and he, he winks at the audience. There's like a sparkle in his eye. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I have to say, I really do dig the idea that Luke had to withdraw to protect the galaxy from himself. Because that, that makes more sense than anything else. More than just like, you know, like they, they obscured his daughter's identity for, you know, to protect her. Like it, it would make more sense if he thinks his daughter is dead. Yeah. I guess we shall see, but I'm very intrigued now. Maybe it's Poe Dameron. I don't know. Maybe that's they all name, have the force. That's a name that's like slowly growing on me because it's so weird. I think the Dameron makes it. If it was just Poe, it'd be kind of weird. But Yeah, I don't want to know a guy named Poe. Also, guys named Finn. I hope he has like a cool... I hope it's not like Riley Finn. Oh, God. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Finn's po- like that like cool guy name that's always getting attached to guys who aren't cool. So Yeah, yeah. but I, yeah, I feel like it's you've always got to say Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same thing of Kylo Ren. I feel like Kylo Ren, it just flows together nicely. Mm-hmm. That's why I was really confused when you said Ren. I was thinking of obviously a different character on a different show. <laughs> I was also thinking, when we were, yeah, when we were talking at uh, uh, at lunch. The thing about Kylo Ren is that even a an, even a lie would sound good in that metallic accent. Um, mm-hmm. Was we were talking about the the robots, the paid robots on like Reddit and message boards and stuff talking about like Fantastic Four versus Marvel stuff. And like, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I was a Star Trek fan. I was a Star Wars fan. To me, there was no real rivalry whatsoever because obviously it was a much different landscape. But like, no, but at the same time, you were, you were either a Trekkie or a Star Wars fan. There was like, no, you, I you had to pick a entirely. No, I oh, really? Entirely. I was both. Hmm. I was both. I never, I never. You got to pick a side. You know, I felt like I was one of those like religious nut jobs, and I was also a scientist. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was a man of science and a man of faith. But the same, I was time, not a Trekkie. I'll say that I was, I was both. To me, they did not, they did not take away from each other in either way. That was, it was, it was like me having two desserts on my plate. Well, it's, it's funny when I was say like thirteen, fourteen, getting into like the the books that were just coming out, the new Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. Nobody liked Star Wars. At least not like Star Wars was just like the nerdiest shit ever. Like, there were Trekkies and, like, Star Trek fans, but, like, Star Wars was not cool at all. See, I, I, I felt that. I felt like it was it was a weird thing for me because I, I, would, I would see that. I would see how mm-hmm. nerdy Star, Star Trek was perceived. And then I would look at my own interest in it. And then I would look at the 
specifically the people I saw who I felt like were giving Star Trek that that nerdy name. And I thought, well, I'm not like them, mm-hmm. but how do I know? Like, how do I know that other people aren't perceiving me the same way? I mean, I was just a quiet kid who was taping syndicated episodes of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine on VHS tapes to rewatch later. I was going to the store every, once a week and buying the new Star Trek paperback off the rack. I mean... <sighs> Would I would I would I would I be lying if I said I never sat down and like tried to write like a Star Trek short story when I was a kid? Yeah, of course I did. I was fascinated how stories work. See, I feel like maybe you're more of a Trekkie growing up than a Star Wars fan. No, I think the thing about Trek though was it was constantly renewing itself at the time. That's true. Yeah, it was more present in the popular culture. And that and that in like the late eighties, early nineties, there was like I'd pick up the latest issue of Cinescape and there would be an article about this. You know, we're we're concentrating on trying to build this multimedia experience of Shadows of the Empire because we want more cash. It's a book. It's a game. It's a soundtrack CD. And I thought, eh, is this real? Is this something cool? But I mean, like, you know, I would I would pick up the Timothy Zahn books and I'd read them, and they were fantastic. But there was nothing. The the next thing was going to be few and far between. You know, it was going to be a long it, way out. It always felt much more hidden from mainstream culture like you know star trek was out there they were making movies still there they had tv shows but I mean, I star trek had just like retreated into obscurity in a lot of ways star wars was still like nerdy though i mean it was almost mm-hmm. synonymous with just this side of like dungeons and dragons or yeah exactly you know? But I mean, to me, they were both nerdy things that I enjoyed the the benefits of. Like concurrently, I felt like I don't know. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, I was just thinking, like, what if, what if, like, you know, Star Trek finds its feet, even without J.J. Abrams. That's my original point. Is like, what if they'd start like their shit talking, like the Fox versus Marvel, what have you, Marvel versus DC, like like Disney versus Warner Brothers. <laughs> I mean, I do feel like the. The nature of fandom has changed a lot since like the 80s and 90s where now people can be fans like the, the Marvel DC thing is a little unique, I think, like, like most people are like, I just like comic book movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, but like, I think you difference. can, I think now you can like Star Wars and Star Trek at the same time. And it's less of a political statement than it was back then. Well, I think it's also getting confusing from people, though, because you have this Batman versus Superman abortion, you have mm-hmm. the Avengers. And then you have like the Fantastic Four movie. And it's like two of those things are related, but they're also very different. Well, the, the problem with the current Marvel versus everyone paradigm is that DC did such a shitty job with Man of Steel that it's it's hard not to compare the two and be like, well, Marvel knows what they're doing. You yeah. know, Fox doesn't know what they're doing. Warner Brothers doesn't know what they're doing, but Marvel well, sure does. <laughs> I think you 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 worded it well at lunch. And I'm going to add on to that is that. DC and Warner Brothers took all of the things that were wrong about Man of Steel and doubled down on it. All the things people complain about. They're and like, now, oh, the Jesus metaphors, the, the wanton destruction. We're doing more. You know? well, and, the, and the problem is that the people who like those things, they, they're not making good points. They're just yelling louder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that fucking Batman versus Superman trailer. I was just I just wanted to like stop watching after a minute. I was just like, no, thank you. Like you said, not only have they erected a, a Superman statue, but they've already defaced it. Yeah. God, it's dumb. Um, but I, hope, I really hope that Kylo Ren doesn't talk like in a reverse Flash voice. <laughs> Do you bleed, Skywalker? You will. I'm 12 years old. Yeah. Um, what else? There's one other thing. Oh yeah, Rogue One. You want to talk How about could Rogue you One? Forget? How could yeah. you forget? It's a two and a half yeah. hour podcast about Star Wars. <laughs> Because we really needed to know how they stole the Death Star plans. 
Uh, were we were we just making a joke about that in the last episode of this podcast? Oh, you know they they like gave us hope for a moment, like hey, it's gonna be called Rogue One. Maybe this isn't some lame ass movie about Death Star plans. Nope, it is. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and I, just, I said I'm pretty sure that somebody will be using the Force in this movie, and they're like, nope, no Force users. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know the the idea of a a Star Wars movie from like the soldiers' angle. You know, a little more militaristic. That all sounds good. I'm not opposed to that. I just like it's like, why did you have to go back to like Death Star plans? Like, that's a story no one needs to. It doesn't need to be told. Right. Like, who cares? Like, if that was an important story, it would have been part of A New Hope. Well, and I think my like that's issue... that's clearly just like nobody cares. They got the plans. That's what we need to know. My biggest issue is that that plot described to me alone seemingly has nothing to do with these new movies. That too, yeah, and it, I feel like it threatens to undermine undermine a new hope, yeah, and and, and it it might make it hard to reconcile the two. Like if you watch Rogue One and then watch a New Hope, will it seem like you're seeing two different franchises in a way? Well, and I think that worked for the prequels though, because everything was shinier, newer. You could take advantage of like better effects and what have you, and, and that the locales look nicer. A far enough distance away that helps, yeah. It's yeah, like and so the, it makes sense that the distant world, the seventies and the early eighties, was the tarnished future based on you know what happened because of the dark times. Like <laughs> this, yeah. It's like I just don't have see nice new fancy shit, and then it's going to lead right into New Hope. Well, it's like yeah, they steal the Death Star plans. What you know? Sure, you can kill off half the cast, maybe all the cast of this Rogue One movie if you want. I mean, what's the point? End? Does it end with like Felicity Jones like holding these in her hand, the Death Star plans in her hand, and she's like, "Well, all my squadron's dead, but now I can go hand this to Mon Mothma That's and have great. a new hope for the galaxy." Yeah, I mean, Shrug. does she? Unless one of these characters ends up like frozen in carbonite and then they like thaw him out in Episode Eight, I just don't see the point. Like, this isn't a story that was begging to be told. I would much rather they were saying this takes place between you know either at least do between six and seven preferably between seven and eight and say here's here's a story about another part of the star wars galaxy that's about the military and whatnot mm-hmm. it's not directly related to the new movies but it's like tangentially perhaps or at least like shares the same timeline mm-hmm. that makes more sense and it's like hey let's go all the way back to pre-episode four and tell you how they stole the plans of death star it's like who cares what what does it matter like they stole the plans. What what could you possibly do in this movie that's going to justify making a hundred million dollar you know budget production out of it? And I especially I, I mean this is a movie. Like if they want to do this in a comic or a video game or a book, like sure you know tell the story. But is this really justify making a huge multi million dollar movie out of? Right. Seems and like I, seems like something you put in like a TV show maybe. And I agree with you, but I could also make the joke that I did not watch my friends die face down in the muck and mm-hmm. over the line, Smokey. Uh, I mean, I, I want it to be good. I want it to be interesting. The, the thing I'm still happiest about is that it's starring Felicity Jones. I think it's very smart that both of these movies seem to feature like prominent, like talented female leads. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like. I just wish the movie's subject matter was more relevant. Like, you don't need to, like, take every goddamn line of dialogue from A New Hope and, like, come up with a crazy backstory for everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I was joking on Twitter, like, do we need a whole movie about Boba Fett where he disintegrates people just so that 
in Empire when Darth Vader says no disintegrations. It's like, oh, that's why he doesn't want to disintegrate people. Like, we don't need that. Well, and that's why you have extended universes, too. That's why you can mm-hmm. go do books about this. Yeah, of you can do books, you can do video games, maybe a TV show. Like the whole anthology thing, they're calling these anthology films. Wouldn't that make more sense as like a mini series on TV or something? Yeah, like rather than first, a whole your movie. First foray into TV. It feels like you're you're putting these stories on on the same level as the the saga episodes, even though the subject matter isn't as important. Right. And especially like by calling them anthologies, it sounds like we're going to get like young Han Solo and more like kind of like old backstory type stuff, which just it it just seems inessential. Yeah. Like if these if these spinoffs didn't exist, they, it wouldn't really change anything. Well, I mean, there's been a, a long, long thread of like the necessity of prequels over the course of this podcast and however many episodes. <laughs> it reminds me of like Star Trek Enterprise. Not totally necessary, especially when you have a like Star Trek, especially as a franchise about the future. You're, you're, you're like I said, you're, you're diminishing possibly episode eight. Well, by it's like flashing like, back thirty years to something that's not that important. What if they did like, oh, we're gonna do a Boba Fett movie that's all about the bounty hunter at Ord Mandel, and it's like, oh, that explains that line of dialogue from Empire. Now I know the story about the bounty hunter from Ord Mandel. Like you don't. So it's okay to have a throwaway line of dialogue in a movie. You don't have to explain everything. Well, it kind of reminds me of like uh, Attack of the Clones when they had to show that the the, the the fucking aliens had the plans for the Death Star <laughs> 20 years in the past. But, you know, like it's not even like this movie's about, you know, uh, Rogue One and the adventures of the Battle of Jakku, you know? <laughs> yeah, even that. If it was like, hey, here's something that happened, say, like two years after Return of the Jedi that explains... How, like, you know, the Empire was crushed at Jakku. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, mm, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll watch the movie, obviously. It's not like I'm not going to go watch one of these movies in the theater. But it disappointed me to, that it sounds like they're they're going down this very kind of fan-wankery path of just, like, let's fill in all those details that don't really matter from the original trilogy. Yeah. Like it it sounds like we're probably going to get a young Han Solo movie now, which is totally not necessary. With the fucking chav from that Matthew Oh, Paul. that yeah, well it's it's like would you need to see a young Han Solo? Like what are you hoping to get out of that? Like, oh, Han grew up cocky, you know. Yeah. He yeah. was always a good pilot and I, I, I just don't get the appeal personally. The the it's fun to read and like, you know, when Bantam was controlling the books way back when they did like the tales from the most icy cantina is all these kind of little little short stories about characters in the cantina it was definitely not essential in mm-hmm. any way but it was neat it was a little short story exercise mm-hmm. that kind of thing I like I don't think you would need to make a movie out of that right like uh. you don't need to know why this guy has a death mark on 12 systems like you just don't you know it's like it's just a throwaway line of dialogue to explain a character. Well, it, it, you don't need to see a movie about Han Solo making the castle run in less than 12 parsecs. Like, that's okay. You just leave it be. Right. I always I find it too that my my guess when I hear that, if I had if I had to spitball an idea, is, is different from everyone else. Wasn't yours like black holes? Well, that's not mine. That's That was por- formerly the official explanation in the EU is that oh. it. The reason that you can make a Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs, which is a unit of distance, 
is because of uh, black holes and the, the Maw cluster. Next to oh, Kessel. see, I just assumed when I heard that the Kessel Run was like, it was certain things you had to do. And for other for conventional pilots, it took them a lot longer hmm. to do that. Well, the like problem maneuvers is maneuvers and things. Yeah. A parsec is a unit of distance, not right, time. Right. But my, yeah. my point is that it's a mistake in dialogue. Yeah, yeah. But my point is that like most people need more space, more distance to accomplish these maneuvers or what have you. Anyway, it's more winkery. Yeah, it's it's like you don't need to explain every little line dog in the movie. That one of the things that was appealing about Star Wars was that it suggested this world. Yeah, exactly. Clone Wars and and smugglers and Kessel runs and like you know Death Star Ooh. plans. You didn't need to see all of it. It was a beautiful piece of Swiss cheese, and your mind went into all the holes, and you were inspired, and that's where you got people like J.J. Abrams thirty years later. <laughs> it's like it's like let's let's crawl up our own asshole using a black hole and squash some of that potential creativity in the the minds well, of young fans you know they've they've done this is going to be like like the fifth or sixth time they explain how they got the death star plans too they've, they've done this story several times right in the eu um just like they've done the story several times of like what the kessel run is and how han won the falcon from londo like they've told those stories in the past mm. they're not that interesting it's kind of like oh yeah it was in a card game that was kind of neat but like I don't see any way that they could like do a spin on that that would suddenly necessitate making a movie out of it. Like it's not, it's just like plot points. You're like, yes, that plot point happened. That's neat. I'd rather see a movie about Wedge and his girlfriend who may or may not be a bird. Oh God, that was a disaster. I mean, is Wedge going to be in Rogue One? It's like the young pilot. I don't know. Who knows? Who was the one guy, Kyle Katarn? Who was he again? He was from the Dark Forces video games. Yeah, he. That was one of the times they sold the Death Star plans with Cal Katarn. No, mm-hmm. uh, Bothans were not involved. This is the first Death Star. A lot of Star Wars fans embarrassing themselves out there. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> like, oh, many Doth Bothans are gonna die. It's like, uh, no, sorry, take away your Star Wars fan card. <laughs> oh, I see. That's why you should have conventions where you wear a little, like a thing on a, a what do you call them? The whatever the thing on your neck. Yeah, lanyard, like your little Star Wars fan card. And it's like in conversation, if somebody hears you say something dumb, you can take it from them. I think you can challenge them at any point. Yeah. With okay, with like trivia <laughs> or with like plastic uh, glow up lights. Either way, I think it's I think it's a very almost like paranoid, like Big Brother, like fear. Uh-huh. in fear and paranoia like state of the convention where at any moment you could be challenged and like thrown out if they take away your fan card it's almost like uh, <laughs> very modern i want very, people informing on each other very very modern but also like a, yes there's a little like uh like joseph mccarthy meets like a ren fair mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> stormtroopers just wandering around taking your fan cards away uh. <laughs> see i guess I'm not against like the idea of conventions. I mean, you know, since we we do a podcast on, on a show called Pillow Liars, I would love if there was like a, a like a PLL adult convention. See, I don't, I don't think I could go. I don't think I could go to a PLL convention. Well, no, see, that'd be tricky because the fan base is mostly like teenage, teenage girls. girls. Yeah, that'd yeah. be weird. Yeah, um, that's why it has to be set in a bar where you just automatically cancel out a lot of <laughs> people. Uh, I don't know. Do you think we'll ever go to Celebration? I, I don't even uh, like the name, personally. It just... Mm, celebration. It sounds so, like, corny. Would you prefer it was called Life Day? 
No. <laughs> like I said, I, I want a Star Wars convention to be full of fear and paranoia that you could get thrown out at any moment if you if you slip up. I feel like they should they should have it in December. It should be called like the Star Wars Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Although, like, would how much would canon matter? Like, if somebody like challenges you on like some EU bullshit, would just be like, "I'm sorry, it's not canon." Oh my god, that would it's like you're you're really getting into like you've become a character in the Venture Brothers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That weird. There's like, let me talk to you about the Crystal Star. <laughs> And then somebody else. Like, Remember uh, the time Luke fell in love with the ship's computer? Some guy mistakenly says crystal skull and you just like try to chop off his hand with your mm-hmm. toy lightsaber. And you just grab his lanyard, take his card away, and he gets marched out by some stormtroopers. Wrong again, Master Billy Quizboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously we're very excited for The Force Awakens. Um, what's crazy is episode 8 is a year and a half later, so I wonder... I'm sure they're going to try to hold off until after episode seven comes out to start talking about that. But right. I think casting may start happening before it could. Right. right. I don't know. At this point, I'm hoping that like Felicity Jones, like it's like frozen in carbonite and like woken up for episode eight. Just like give me something to justify the existence of this movie. Right. Seriously. Because it's like and then they stole the Death Star plans. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah, I got that. Well, it's like she's is she really just being brought in for just the one movie? Especially in this this climate of movie making, are they not going to sign her for like a like a five movie deal or what have you? Like, are they hoping I don't know some character will take off and like they can make another one? I don't know. Yeah, really. And that's the weird thing is that like say say it's a hit. Well, mm-hmm. then what? Now you've got this like kind of like secret side prequel thing happening way before like your current timeline where you're telling the. The, the events of you know episode seven eight and nine then mm-hmm. what do you do right it's like oh and, and now we're going to tell a story about how you know the bothans and the death star 2 or you know the bounty hunter Lord mandel like all this stuff where it, it feels like divided like like well i like would you even should be focusing a, on one timeline at a time i feel like i would have even done this more as like uh you know a theatrical release like animated film yeah, well, because something you know they're they're doing rebels, and so it's like okay, this is the transition from episode three to four, and they've been doing some books in the same timeline. Then they're gonna do those aftermath books, like this is how we get from episode six to seven, mm-hmm. and then it feels like okay, now Lucasfilm, like kind of the, the Star Wars timeline we're all talking about, is the new sequel trilogy timeline. But then no, we're gonna go all the way back to after episode three and do another whole movie from that timeline for some reason, right? that seemingly won't have any impact on episode eight and then we'll do a young han solo movie where we learn why not to ever tell him the odds and, and how he won the falcon and you know all that how he got just, his blood stripes there's gonna be some poor writer who's hired how he met chewy work all that into a single script mm-hmm. how you know why he hates boba fett from some earlier encounter like it's just fan wankery i mean that, that's fine if you i don't know Make a book, make a video game, whatever. Make a comic. Do you need to make a movie? Yeah, really. Oh, well. At least we have The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think we're about done here. It's a nice, super long Greedo Shop First podcast. Andrew, welcome. We're just going to end it like that? Yeah. <laughs> May the Force be with you. Always. Always.